Irregardless first was used in dialectical American speech in the early 20th century. If you do use irregardless, prepare to be corrected and accused of ignorance. Welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. Now please welcome to the Internet Airwaves. Really? Internet Airwaves? It's okay, you can just do it. It's just just say Internet Airwaves. It sounds really cool. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not. Internet Airwaves. Okay then. Please welcome to the Internet Airwaves, Mark Scalia. And welcome to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. This is your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. And it's good to be back. We're running a little late tonight because I had a gig, but we'll get into that in a little bit. There are three ways you can listen to this program. The first is you can listen as you're doing right now through my website, markscalia.com. If you want to be part of the live chat, all you got to do is click that box you're listening to, and that will send you right over to the broadcasting site, which is Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com, and then you can be part of our live chat. And the third way you can listen is if you don't have time to listen live, we invite you to download the slightly edited for time version of the program from iTunes. If you are new to the broadcast, Every single week, we start the program very, very similarly. (laughs) We start off with me bringing you up to speed about what's been going on in our time apart with the Happening Now monologue. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? That's the When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. And this week in the Happening Now monologue, as I just mentioned, we're starting a little late tonight because I was just in Boston. I had a gig. I got a uh, last-minute opportunity to do a murder mystery for a company I've worked for a bunch of times. And essentially, it's a we're planted, like we're in the audience and we're having dinner with everybody else. So I was supposed to be killed. My character dies. I'm not even the bad guy. I'm just a guy. And my character actually dies in the middle of the show. Well, not... It was supposed to be, we started around 6.30, and it's a three-course meal, and I'm supposed to be killed at dessert, and I was told that I would be leaving no later than 8, 8.15. Of course, I didn't get out of there until 8.30, so hence my you know getting here and being a little discombobulated. Now, I'm still typing a little bit of show prep, so if it seems like I'm a little distracted, that's the reason. I actually ate food at the restaurant. Now, I got to explain to you. For the past almost a year, I've been on a kind of a, it's called the 80-10-10 diet, which you're supposed to eat, it's supposed to be like a raw diet. You're supposed to eat like fruits and vegetables, and that's where you get all your calories and things like that. And I don't typically eat normal food like regular people. So when I eat regular food, I'm like, I'm tired, you know, so... So I'm feeling a little, uh, I mean, it wasn't like the food was bad or anything. I mean, there was calamari and uh, had a ravioli. It was baked, you know, one of those fried raviolis, you know, (laughs) so fucking good. Then I had salad, which was good. And then I had, I think it was um, pork tenderloin. Oh, so good. Ziti broccoli and chicken. Had a little tiny bit of that. A couple mushrooms, little, little laps. So, and then of course I was supposed to bite into a cake, which was then poisoned. And that's how I meet my end. So I died. And like four guys carry me out. and (laughs) They have me on the hallway, which was funny. And then I'm high-fiving them all because like I've got to go. So that's me eating regular food and being a little late. So it's good to be back because as some of you may know, I was in L.A. for most of last week celebrating my five-year anniversary with my lovely bride. And we we had a really good time. You know, getting back is always interesting. And then readjusting to 
not vacation? My old boss had this wonderful saying. He goes, why go on vacation? It's just like you live in a septic tank, and then you come out, they hose you off, and then they throw you back in. So <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's, it's not that dissimilar if you think about it. So we've been trying to adjust to the new schedule, and I literally just unpacked most of my stuff today, and I lost my wedding ring. I shouldn't say I lost it. Right now, it's misplaced. And uh, as some of you may know, if you know me, I'm very OCD. And I'm so at a loss because I don't have, especially that, I mean, especially my ring. If I lost a pen, I'd be like, where's my pen? Where's my pen? I can't find my pen. I want to look for my pen. Where was it last? And then I find it. But this is my wedding ring. And there's only like four places it could be. And I've checked them all. So, and I figured this out just before I left for the gig. So I haven't even had a chance to look for it coming back tonight. So things are... So I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little verklempt, as they say. So I don't want to waste too much time because I'm going to play a little game with you guys. Actually, you know, I'm wondering if I even should because I really love you guys, but I really think I should get to my guest. And, you know, if I had five more minutes to think about it, I probably would play the game. But you know something? Let's just get to our guest. So we're going to take our first break. And when we come back from break, you are going to get to listen to a very, very funny guy. This gentleman coming to the air is one of the funniest new comedy gunslingers in the Boston comedy scene. Amazingly funny. And his name is Danny or Danny. I want to go with Danny. It's Danny. I always call him Daniel or Dan or Dale. You know, I'm going to go with Daniel Gilbert and then he's going to make the correction. So when we come back from break, you're going to get a chance to meet Danny Gilbert. You are listening to radio irregardless. We'll be right back. From 1981 to 1992, saxophone usage and songs were 9 out of 10. However, since 1993, modern-day songs featuring saxophones have decreased 87%. Because of this, most of today's saxophones have been abandoned, and some, homeless. At the United Saxophone Usage of America, we provide songs for saxophones. For just pennies a day, you can help these instruments desperately in need. Meet Kenny. Falling on tough times, he performs in adult films. Thanks to your contributions, he is playing in the rendition of Greece for the Robin Kowalski Middle School. Our mission at USUA is to get saxophone usage back to what it was over two decades ago. Please give to the United Saxophone Usage of America, because we can all use a little more sax. Hey guys, this is Jess Miller. You're listening to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia. I'm on the toilet as we speak, so welcome, listeners. Not really on the toilet, but I figured I'd just say that anyway. And you're back at Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And joining me via Skype, if I've got this correct, is the aforementioned Danny Gilbert. Hello. There he is. Great to be here. Uh, all right, let me improve your sound. There we go. Oh, they love you, Danny. They love you. Oh, perfect. They love, love you. They fucking love you. There we go. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, you just broke my first question. I was going to ask if I'm allowed to say whatever I want. Oh, fuck yeah. This is, this is internet. <laughs> and they haven't stopped me yet. I've been doing the show for almost three years, and they haven't stopped me yet. So fuck that. Perfect. So, so I'm going to adjust your sound, because usually what I do is I do a pre-show thing, and because I was late with my gig, I'm adjusting sound as we speak. So, Danny, tell the listening audience a little about yourself as I adjust your sound. Uh, well, I make guns for a living, and I really hate that, so I try to make my uh, weekdays and weeknights a little more interesting by doing some stand-up comedy around the New England area. That's funny. You make guns? I do. I make. I actually make uh, handguards for AR-15 rifles. Wow. Yeah. Wh- who's, who's using AR-15s? Uh, probably people I don't want to do shows for. (laughs) (laughs) That would be very unfortunate. He's like, oh, he was funny. No, he wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't need, uh, I don't need that kind of crowd work. (laughs) So is it, you make guns or gun guards? 
I make handgun. Well, I work for a company that makes pretty much every part of different guns, but my specific job is handguards. For oh, rifles. so it's like you make it a Batman uniform. You have to buy different pieces from different companies and then assemble yep. yourself, so nobody knows you're Batman. That's right, and you gotta, you just gotta get that nice utility belt that's got that quality <laughs> craftsmanship, and that's where I come in. Yeah, you gotta talk to Fox about that because he'll make it for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Danny, you and I met uh, via the Salem Comedy and Spirits Festival. Yep. And you were at the Thursday night show, our opening show at Kodo Nightclub, and you did amazing, man. You were so fucking funny. You just hit the demographic. You were like, boom, boom. How long have you been doing stand-up, man? Uh, I've been doing it kind of off and on for about four years. I've actually been going like tried and true for probably the past two and a half years just because I let work and everything get in the way. But mm. no, that show was amazing. The crowd there was perfect. You had a really great setup. It was – no, that show was probably one of the better ones I've done, honestly. Oh, thank you. You know, I've had a, I've had a bunch of comics on the show uh, that were in this Salem Comedy Spirits Festival. Yep. And they all said the same thing to me. Then I tell them, the comics made that festival amazing. People are still talking about how cool those shows were. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's tough, too, because you always hear Salem has a reputation for not really being able to uh, – survive comedy wise right so to have so to have a weekend and a festival turn out that well i was i was really surprised and really happy to be a part of it well you know you're right on that uh that note about comedy in salem because yeah. you know i was always doing comedy in salem at various times over my career and comedy in salem was like a one-off like regular rooms don't sustain here you have to have like a one hit or one every three months or something like that i just did another show at Kodo a couple weeks ago I'm doing another show at a place across town that has seafood. And, yeah. And he's like, uh, I noticed you're doing some comedy shows. Uh, you want to do a comedy show with me? And I was like, yeah, we could do that. And it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a typical, like, it's going to be more of a showcase like we did uh, for the fest. But Yeah, it's always those weird, It's well, not weird. That's the wrong word to use. But it's always, you wouldn't expect that a comedy show at a sushi restaurant would be the best idea in town. <laughs> Yet you do shows like that, and all of a sudden you're just like, man, this is the best I've ever done. Like, I, yeah. I need to hit up more uh, shows like this. Well, that was the Thursday night, which was really good, and that was a great way to open. The Friday night, we were at a bar called Far From the Tree. <clears throat> I don't know if you heard, I got murdered earlier tonight. I was eating cake, and I was murdered. Um, Jesus. But no, I, my, my character died. Anyways, not that important. <laughs> it was a neat, significant character. That's why he died. But the show at Far From the Tree, and again, a small venue. We packed it up, and every comic devastated that night. And yeah. I know that the clip that you sent me, we're going to play some of the clips during the show, is from the Salem Comedy Spirits Festival. Jess Miller, who was there, she used her tape. Matt Barry used a bunch of stuff. Pete Wallenack, uh, Danny Rathbun. Everybody yep. taped, and they were like, I'm using this as like my audition tape for people. And I was like, thank God, man. I'm glad I'm glad everybody could get something out of it, because that was my whole intention, you know, to, to bring good comics together, to play a good room, and to really network. And one of my only regrets is when you told me you drove, because you're from Claremont, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now for the true. for the listeners who don't know, Claremont in relation to Salem is roughly two and a half hours. Yeah, something like that. Pretty yeah. close. And first of all, I I really appreciated you making that trek. That was a drive. And Danny Rathbun came from New York, and it's like three and a half. But not. I'm not trying to compare or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> he he deserved to do a little better than me. That's no, okay. no, no. Everybody, he deserved to drive longer. Let's just put it that way. Fucking Danny. Oh, anyway, Jesus. No, no, no. I I actually just returned the favor. I was in New York. I did one of his show, and there were four people in the audience. So. Uh, we, we made up. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, oh shit! I just had a senior moment. I totally forgot where it's going. Oh no, the drive. I mean, the drive oh. was nothing. The show was more than worth the drive. I mean, you took care of everybody. We got a free friggin' free dinner there. Decent discount on drinks. Ended up getting the shirt or whatever. Oh, I stayed. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't even know if I told you about it, but the room. So right, whatever. This is Price this isn't is a big deal. But right, but this is fifty dollars for a room. That was literally the size of the fucking bed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I brought my buddy with me because he was going through a rough time. And I was like, oh, fuck it. I booked a room for one, but yeah. who cares? <laughs> like, it'll have enough room. 
No, you no, couldn't even open the front. You couldn't open the main <laughs> entrance to the hotel without hitting the bed. You couldn't even get in the bathroom if the other person had <laughs> any inclination of being in the room. And it that's, was insane. And that's but why you I know felt what? bad. That's what makes it a story. So. Yeah, but that's why I felt bad. I'm like, Jesus, if I knew that, I mean, I was going to offer my couch to somebody and I got a really nice couch. <laughs> I'm not lying. Like you get your own little, it's downstairs in the basement, full, like ginormous TV and there's an Xbox down there and you know, it's nice and warm. It would have been great. And I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, I got to make it up to Danny. I have got to get him a paid gig, something really good. Unfortunately, nothing has fallen in my lap. To the point where I could offer you decent money to make up for it. No, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. For I know. Like that. No, no. I know show. you're not. I'm saying I want to because you're one of those guys. You're really funny. You're working hard, and you, you just man, just you got a lot of humility, nice presence. You're like, I just want to do my job, man. And a lot of guys are like, what's in it for me? And you don't have that yet. You're not bitter. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, who knows? In six months, you'd be like, fuck him. I don't need any shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely appreciate that. I mean, at this point in my life, especially working full time and working stupid amounts of hours, it's just like I'm I'm glad whenever anybody gives me a chance to get on stage. So I'm more than happy. I mean, <laughs> I've done I'm still doing the friggin four person shows where you're just happy to be there and happy to get out <laughs> on stage. So I'm well, more than happy to travel. I'm more than happy to do any show that will have me. Well, truly, and when I say this, I'm not just blowing smoke. I really am going to make it up to you. I want to get a gig, and hopefully it'll be a little closer to you. It won't be as far as Salem. And if it is in Salem, it'll be worth the it'll be worth it for you to come down and you know we'll hook you up and and all that and i'm just waiting for the a right opportunity oh my wife just came in we got a bunch of listeners now all the listeners pop in i had like three listeners before and i'm like i just want to get to my guest i was going to play a game with them but they can participate when i play the game with you now for you guys you don't know i play a game with my guests see i did again i wasn't able to break down the whole show with danny and if you just tuned in you're listening to danny is it now you want danny dan or daniel Honestly, I change my mind every other week about it. <laughs> because there's, there's so many people that would be like, oh, it's Danny G, which sounds cool, but like I'm not Italian, so I don't really want to go with that. <laughs> and then I guess just Dan Gilbert works for me. It's easier. It's less formal. Dan Gilbert. There you go. Dan Gilbert. Very funny comedian. <laughs> Very funny comedian out of the Claremont, New Hampshire area. Have you always been from Claremont, that area? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, I've done shows in Claremont. Oh, Jesus. I've done a lot of... Actually, I've done a few shows in Claremont. And I was like, where is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I've hosted a couple shows. I've tried to get some stuff going around here. But the problem with Claremont is there is nothing to do. So people would rather stay home and drink. No, instead of really? Shows. Yeah. Isn't isn't there a, uh, a cool little bar that maybe gets busy on a Sunday or a Thursday? Uh, yeah, but it's... <laughs> It's pretty much every show I've tried to host here is like one of those surprise shows where everyone in the bar is like, oh, there's comedy here, and now I have to shut up and stop talking. I came here with my friends to relax, and now some asshole is going to tell dick jokes and expect me not to talk. Like, uh, I just try to stay out of here when I'm doing work. I just try to stay out. I just sleep here, man. I just, I just, sleep, I just sleep here. I don't want to deal with it. Oh God! It's like a person explaining their girlfriend. Oh, I'm only with her because of this. I'm not not really. <laughs> Comedy is the only thing you have to beg somebody to do for them. <laughs> oh God, I know. It's like, hey, can I tell some jokes for you? For <laughs> it's almost like the most apologetic <laughs> question. Which everybody, I think everybody needs to laugh. Everybody should laugh. It's one of the best things for you. But it's one of this. It's the most intrusive thing. To go, uh, I'm, I really want to tell you some jokes and make you happy. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's so it's so personal too because when it it's not like a band where you can hide behind this sound like sound wall basically yes. where it's like oh they didn't like me but I got a fucking slamming guitar so nobody can tell the difference. Right. It is straight up. I'll try to tell a joke about my personal life. No one will laugh, and now I feel immediately bad about myself. <laughs> And everyone in the room's like, oh, this guy sucks, and I don't want to listen. There was a but show. I still got 10 minutes. <laughs> there was a show that I did in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. This is, yeah. I was like maybe two years, maybe three years into comedy. And a friend of mine booked it. It was an afternoon gig, and I was like hungry for everything. And it was at a place called the Black Rose. 
and I'll never forget this. The stage was about four feet high, and the there was a guy playing a harmonica during the day, and then he stopped, yeah. and then we went up and told jokes. It was I was like, oh my god, I wish I had a harmonica right now. Oh boy, it was god awful, terrible. It was just, you know, so and we'll get into that because I'm going to ask you about your first time on stage, your best time and your worst time on stage. So here's what we're going to do, Dan. We're going to take our second break and we're going to get a comedy sampling of Dan Gilbert. And then I'm going to talk to Dan a little bit more and I'm going to play a little game with you, a game I just wrote this afternoon before I figured out left my ring and I got a gig and all this stuff. But <laughs> it's a long way for a punchline. But you are listening to Radio Irregardless and we'll be right back. Welcome to another installment of Radio Irregardless's History. It's the three-day weekend that officially kicks off the summer season. A time for hanging at the beach, barbecuing, even catching a few laps of the Indy 500. You ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? That phrase is trademark, not to use the tradition of Ricky Bobby. But Memorial Day is also the most solemn American holiday. A day to remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice while defending their nation. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The town of Waterloo, New York, is officially credited with starting the holiday. John A. Logan was the leader of a Union Veteran Association. He spearheaded an effort to unite all the decoration services into one national holiday, designating May 30th as Decoration Day. James Garner, Larry Fishburne, and Ruby Dee. Decoration Day. Decoration Day grew. By the end of the century, the holiday was renamed Memorial Day. All across America, veterans and civilians still gather in parades and vigils to remember the generations who gave their lives for their nation's freedom. This has been Radio Irregardless's History. Hi, this is comedian actor John M. Keating, and you're listening to Radio Irregardless. Hosted by my very good, dear friend, Mark Scalia. Okay, yeah, that's good. You can just put whatever he wants in there. I don't give a shit. Whatever. <laughs> I was on the way to Maine recently, and I stopped off at a rest area, and I couldn't help but notice that they had a vending machine with Braille on the buttons. And my first thought was, oh, equality. Good for you, Maine. Disabled people love snacks. But then I thought, well, wait a minute. How is a blind person getting to this rest area? They have to be driven by somebody that can see, but that driver doesn't need brain. <laughs> so the only way for these buttons to become necessity is for a poor blind person to have to step out of a car, shotgun style, and be like, hey, Dave. Pretty hungry, buddy. You want to point me in the direction of a snack? <laughs> Only to be met with... Steve, I'll, I'll lead you to it, but I ain't pressing the fucking buttons. <laughs> and even if they realize they're pressing A0, they have no idea what the candy correlation is going to be. So I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a shitty game of Snickers Roulette on the side of the I-95. And you're back at Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And that was a sampling of Dan Gilbert from the Salem Comedy and Spirits Festival. I love that fucking bit, man. That is so funny. I got to tell you, the beginning of that one was tough. <laughs> I, uh, the first 30 seconds were getting nothing. And immediately, I mean, that's the joke I opened with. So immediately I was like, oh, I'm about to do terrible. <laughs> Actually, you know something? I thought the setup of it 
was perfect that you didn't get a laugh. Because- yeah, that's one of those ones where it's tough because uh, I mean, you only you're only on stage for I mean, I'm usually on stage for like between twelve and fifteen, so you think you need to like pack a punch yeah. in everything you're saying, basically. But that's one of the ones where I definitely feel like a little buildup of sincerity kind of adds to the the ridiculousness of the end of it. Yeah, and I agree with you. I also think that what you're doing is you're telling them a story, and if you go too fast, they're not going to understand the setup. Yeah, that's true. And it's a trap I've fallen into a lot, too, where jokes like that, I'll just try to trim the fat so much that you go from having a five-minute like chunk, basically, to a 30-second joke, and now you got four and a half minutes to go. Yeah, that joke is really crafted well. I don't know if you heard, my wife was at that show, and you can hear her laughing. That's her <laughs> laughing. Like in Perfect. the background, and she's listening right now, and she'll actually say, you know, she was, that's the one she's like, so, which was very funny. So, oh, did she type in? I can't tell. My computer is like so weirdo tonight. Everything is mm. weird for me tonight. I'm going to refresh. Yeah, I just barely downloaded Skype, so I'm glad this is actually happening. <laughs> I was sitting here for 20 minutes being like, I have no idea what I'm doing. He's going to be upset. No. I think that I'm blowing him off. I See, the technology is really cool because I'm like, I'm driving and I sent Facebook message to the three actors that I was working with. And then I was like, okay, Dan, I'm going to be a little late. Don't worry about it. Everything's cool. <laughs> hey, I made sure I left the bar on time. I got home downloaded skype on the laptop we're good to go yeah you know a lot of times comics will call me from a gig through skype and they use their yep. you know they use it on their phone and i mean i prefer using skype or google hangouts I, I like a true digital calling thing because phone calls for some reason still sound like shit they do sound like shit and you have that weird uh like Throwing it to the weatherman in the field with that <laughs> second delay where you'll be like, oh, Dan, how? so tell me about your start. Well, Mark, uh, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, Jesus, what the fuck's going yeah, on? Yeah, you get everything's fine over here. This, this is a typical phone call that sounds like this as opposed to a digital signal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, this is much better. I actually wanted, I was at a, a bar that's right next to my house. I thought about, I was like, oh, man, it'd be great to just do it here. And then it kind of sat in on me just being like, do I really want to call into a radio show from a dive bar with a bunch of drunk Claremonters around me? It's, you know something, that's not the strangest thing. Last week I broadcasted from my car. <laughs> oh, no, not last week, two weeks ago. Yeah, I was in the car. I was telling the story. I was at the Hukilau with Jess Miller. And yep. the show started at 7.30, which I'm not used to 7.30 shows, especially on a Wednesday. And I'm thinking, oh, I'll broadcast and I'll talk to the comics. All the comics were done by quarter or nine. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And the Wi-Fi was really glitchy. And I get in the car and I'm like, I'm going to do the show from my phone. And I had my computer and I hooked the audio thing through my through my car. And I played all the audio. So I played games. And then every once in a while you heard me going, oh, okay, guys, we're going to let me see if I can check this out. And you have, oh, that's the breakdown. <laughs> it was really funny. And speaking of games, I would like to play a game with you, Dan. Okay. And I wrote this game especially for you. We're going to play a game called Gilbert and Daniel. Yes, yes, I am a major general. Ha-ha. Not now, darling, I'm on. I am the better model of a modern major general. I do information ventures of the land of the I know the kings of England, and I quote the fight historical. From Marathon to Waterloo and all the categorical. I'm very well acquainted with matters mathematical. I understand equations both simple and quadratical. About my new theory, I'm teeming with a lot of news. With many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. Okay. <laughs> That's a very long <laughs> intro, but it's really funny. <laughs> I hope the intro is not as long as the game. No, it's twice as long. It's exactly <laughs> twice as long. couple things. I chose Gilbert and Daniel. One, because your name is Daniel Gilbert. So yep. it's Gilbert and Sullivan. That's what's featured from the HMS Pinafore. Yep. So that's my little tribute because it's there's the Gilbert in the introduction. Yeah. couple things. Do you know what your names mean, both your first and your last name? I have no idea, honestly. All right. Well, your first name, Daniel. In Hebrew, it means God is my judge. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that strikes me as funny. (laughs) It gets even better. Your last name, Daniel. No, Gilbert. Okay, I'm reading it backwards. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you, I'm so burnt from that show. So your first name, Daniel, is God is my judge. I didn't write it down. That's why. 
Gilbert means bright pledge. All right. So, so my name basically is a bright pledge that God is my ultimate savior. Yes. And your last name is derived from the Germanic elements, Gisil, which means pledge or hostage, which is very different. It's very different. And this is from Google. I didn't make this up. I wish I could. It's funnier than anything I could write. But it's Gisil. Gisil. Jesus. No. It started off as a really nice thing, Dan. I promise. No, it's G-I-S-I-L, which is, uh, I think it's Gizzle. It's Gizzle. Or or Gisel. Not Gizzle. Not Gizzle. We don't want to go as far away. And then... The last part is Barat, B-E-R-A-H-T, which means bright. Mm. And the Normans introduced this name into England. It's it's not as funny, but (laughs) (laughs) nothing I can do about it. So that is the origin of your name, or actually the meanings of your name. And we play the intro, which is from Gilbert, which is a Gilbert, and then Sullivan. So I'm going to give you a clue, and you have to name the person it is. And their name either contains Daniel or Gilbert. Either their first name or their last name is Daniel or Gilbert. Okay. Okay. So you're going to be playing directly against my audience. Now, here's the thing, Dan. You and I are speaking via Skype, and as we earlier alluded to, our conversation is almost instantaneous, no delay. But the listeners on the Mixler chat will be listening at anywhere between a three to a 10-second delay, depending on their internet service. So if you just blurt out your answer, you will probably get it faster than they can type it. Like and we have quite a few listeners tonight, so it may be tough. Now, there are some ringers. There are some people who are really good at it. you got to be careful. So let's see if the listeners are ready to roll. Here we go. I want you to name a famous wizard that has the name Gilbert or Daniel in his name. A famous wizard. Jesus. Uh, man, I feel like this is a perfect time for me to have a funny answer. <laughs> I fucking have absolutely nothing. Really? If yeah, I a famous if, wizard? Yes. A, <laughs> Am I weird for not knowing? It? No. <laughs> <laughs> My oh, Kim Santo wrote Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, all right. Who, who plays Harry right. Potter? So, Kim, you get this. Yes. Damn it. Yes. 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 And of course, the the correct and incorrect answers are from Gilly <laughs> from the Saturday Night Live sketch. This is Very correct. Nice. Yes. And this is incorrect. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, wait a minute. That don't count. That does count. That's exactly my answer. So, you're down one nil. <laughs> okay. Well, I never liked Kim in the first place, That's... so this is just adding to it. Yeah, you would. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you would. <laughs> and don't hit on my wife. Anyway. Uh, no, it... I just realized it was your wife. Jesus. No, no. Kim is not my That's wife. Terrible. Karen's my wife. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Kim is just a really good friend. <laughs> and I've tried to hook up with several of the listeners and several of the act. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's move on to the next one. If I said there will be blood actor. Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That is correct. That's one apiece. Bing, bang, oh. boom. That's the. Yeah. Now, now you're cooking with gas. Now I want to see if the listeners type in anything. Nothing. All right. How about this one? Aflac. Gilbert Godfrey. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. He has two under his belt. Boom. How about, he's got nothing. How about this one? Bond. James Bond. Dan. Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Come on. You got this one. Daniel. Daniel Craig. Yes. Yeah, that is correct. That's three. Nice. <laughs> You're burying them. Oh, here we go. Uh, how about this one? Hunter, Trapper, Explorer. Daniel Boone. Yes. Yes, that is correct. I would have said, is a man, is a big, 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 big man, which is actually a song. Do you know that song? Uh, Daniel no. Boone was a man. He was a big man. That's an old song from the 50s. Anyway, <laughs> I'm showing my age. How about if I said, Comedy Central video commentator? Oh, boy. Video commentator. Yes. Dan. Comedy Central. Dan Soder? Nope. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Comedy Central 
video. My brother got it right with Daniel Tosh. Sorry. <laughs> Did I lose you? Oh, I just lost Dan. <laughs> he bailed. This is me calling him back. <laughs> oh, there he is. Hello. <laughs> Did you give up? <laughs> no, my, fucking, my goddamn laptop just shut off. So I had to instantly grab my phone and try to call you. Luckily, you didn't do that. <laughs> I was just like, man, he probably thinks I'm just so pissed I can't get this fucking no. stupid Daniel <laughs> name out there. Just hung up. You're, you're, everything. you're doing all right, though, because uh, you didn't get Harry Potter and you didn't get Daniel Tosh, which my brother got. Oh, Yes, okay. Daniel, Daniel Tosh, Tosh, Comedy Central video commentator. This one's a little tricky, and you may not get it because it's more about my demographic than yours. If I said Buck Rogers in the 25th century... This one's tough. Buck, uh, Buck Rogers man. in the 20... 20- He's it, like a cowboy or something, right? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Damn it. But he's a cowboy. No. I, I think I'm thinking of Kenny Rogers. Yeah, Kenny Rogers was a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Rogers was a cowboy. How about- oh, man. I, I'm drawing a blank on that one, too. Really? Buck Rogers. I've heard the name Buck Rogers in the 21st century. I can't think of anything to do with Daniel or Gilbert. As How about this? In the year 1987, NASA launched the last of America's deep space probes. Aboard this compact starship, a lone astronaut, Captain William Buck Rogers, was to experience cosmic forces beyond all comprehension. In a freak mishap, <laughs> his life support systems were frozen by temperatures beyond imagination. I love it. Ranger 3 was blown out of its planned trajectory into an orbit 1,000 times more vast. An orbit which was to return Buck Rogers to Earth 500 years later. Best part. Yeah, it's Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Starring Gil Gerard. Uh, wait, wait. Gilbert. <laughs> wait a minute. Gilbert Was Gerard. Taking abbreviation. Oh, okay. Gilbert <laughs> yeah. Everybody knew. On me. I was Everybody, like, ah, it's Gil Gerard. He's a space cowboy without a hat. <laughs> I don't know why I'd be offended, anyways. I wouldn't have got it. <laughs> so yes. Just it was, and Kim said, I'm more of a Duck Dodgers gal myself. <laughs> Ah, there it is. But that, no, that Buck Rogers was my favorite thing, and I had the hugest crush on Aaron Gray. Oh, my God. Oh. See, that's not the the, uh, Angel Will Robinson show, right? No, that was Lost in Space. Ah, son of a bitch. That was the guy who went, ooh, would you say we go for a walk, just you and I? (laughs) Yeah, I heard he had a bit of a weird vibe. Yeah, he was really creepy, dude. We're gonna set up a scouting party. You two to go together, and I'll go with the little boy. <laughs> really? And Roger's like, danger, danger. That's when the Robbie's get is gonna Robbie the robot. Yeah. Which the same guy who did Robbie the robot's voice in the TV show did the voice for the robot in the movie Lost in Space, which was fucking terrible. Anyway, <laughs> it was a long way to go. But I love that. I loved Buck Rogers in the 21st century. All right, my brother has two so far. This one's going to be a little tricky. We're going to change it up on you a little bit. If I said Little House on the Prairie, then it's going to get harder. Little House on the Prairie. I feel like we're going further and further past my birthday. We are. (laughs) We're going way past your birthday. I have no idea. Yeah, these last three are the toughest ones. Oh. Little House on the Prairie? Yep. What's a Daniel name? Daniel it's, Gilbert name? It, it's either a Daniel or a Gilbert, and Kim Santo got it huh? with Melissa Gilbert. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> so Melissa you don't get Gilbert. it right. So yes, no Melissa Gilbert. Her little sister, she's on The View now, I guess, or The Talk, or one of those fucking shows where a bunch of women just get together. I don't know. And I hate to say it like that, but they're fucking terrible, all of them. The View. There was one in Canada. No, there was one in Canada in Calgary. I hate to say it like that, but fuck oh, them. No, it, it, it's horrible. There's one in Canada called The Source or something like that. It's fucking unwatchable. And I tried. Anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mark hates to say it, but he's going to anyway. Yes, I said I hated to say it because I, I don't want to. It makes me seem like I don't like women, and I do. I just think that is a bad fucking vehicle for women. It There's really plenty of funny women. They're just not sitting around midday discussing <laughs> <laughs> you know, discussing bullshit politics. And that's funny because Whoopi Whoopi is a name Whoopi's a comic. Joy Behar's a comic, and you would think they're funny, but it's like, oh no, they're so political, and it's just oh. Anyway. That was Melissa Gilbert. Her sister is, uh, I forget her sister's name, but she played the daughter on Roseanne, and she's, oh, on, one, yeah. she's on one of those shows. Okay. Sarah Gilbert, <laughs> that's right, Sarah Gilbert. And this one, of course, is the hardest one, which I don't even know if my, <laughs> that was an epic digression. <laughs> and it, this is the last one. It is the hardest one. Now, let me just say for the record, you have... Daniel Day-Lewis, Gilbert Godfrey, Daniel Cray, Daniel Boone, and that's all you have. You have four. The audience has Daniel Radcliffe, Daniel Tosh, Gil Gerard, and Melissa Gilbert. So right now, you're tied with the audience. You have to get this for the win. You have to. I want the audience to know that I'm coming out swinging. Yeah. (laughs) So get ready. Let me see if I can get the uh, theme. For this okay here we go here at carter's we don't sell jewels. that's a commercial i hate fucking youtube <laughs> all right how about this one what would you do if i sang out of tune oh. joe oh it's wonder years it's joe cocker yeah gilbert yeah he was the voiceover artist for the wonder years oh you got to get this one, dude. You got to get this one because they're going to bury you. They're going to bury you. They're going to bury you. Uh, uh, <laughs> Voice over for the Wonder Years. <laughs> it is You've been, uh, Daniel Stern. Yeah, right. You could say it now because Kim and Chris got it with Daniel Stern. <laughs> so I'm going to give you this. I had to Google it. You had to Google it? <laughs> I tried to cheat. I'm not, <laughs> now that I lost, it, I well it doesn't say. matter. They're, they could be cheating too. So let me double check the numbers because <laughs> I don't think they're going to change much. But... <laughs> But let's take our third and final break, and we'll get one more. We'll get a bunch of rapid-fire jokes from you in this next segment. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Dan Gilbert the questions I ask of all my guests. Tell us about your first time, your best time, and your worst time. You are listening to Radio Irregardless. We'll be right back. Love food and wine? Get to know Salem Mass in a fun and delicious way. Join me on a Salem food tour. Our five-star rated walking tour gives guests the perfect opportunity to enjoy an afternoon with friends or co-workers. Great for locals and visitors, our tours book in advance and can be crafted for your special event. For more information on our tours and to make reservations, please visit us at SalemFoodTours.com. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Irregardless hotline at 978-219-9294. Oh, buddy, you look so bored. <laughs> You're my barometer, sir. No, I'm about to hit you with a barrage. Let's do this. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, if you sleep with three senior citizens in one night, is it considered a Jerry hat trick? <laughs> All right, all right. We got the RPMs, y'all. Is it just me, or is illegal immigration skyrocketed ever since borders went out of business? Literary jokes. We love them. I think that McDonald's should start a smear campaign against the city of St. Louis so that we can have true life arch enemies. That one's not as good, you're right. How hard of a time do you think the band Foreigner had touring the South?
And you're back at Radio Air Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And that was, once again, a little sample, a rapid fire uh, sampling of Dan Gilbert. Very fun. I love that having sex with three old women at the same time <laughs> and three and, at the Jerry Hattrick. <laughs> that was honestly one of my first jokes. And it's uh, one of the only ones that's actually stuck around this long. And I love the rapid fire. I would just close on that one because it's the funniest. Yeah, it's I always I always try to challenge myself and uh, open with that one for oh, the quick gotcha. one-liners, just so I can try to sell the other ones. <laughs> it never, <laughs> it's pretty top-heavy. It is, but it's such a funny joke. I think I I don't know if you heard me on that clip, but I fell out. I was like, "Holy shit, that is fucking funny!" <laughs> it was super fucking funny. Oh, before I uh, before I get a little bit more, I f- totally forgot because I was distracted with the gig. The show, my ring, all that stuff. But my wife, I played Karen uh, Scalia. She um she does Salem food tours, and she just won an award for TripAdvisor. And I think it was nice. uh, and Karen, what was it exactly? She told me real quick, and I wanted to celebrate with her, but I was so consumed and being dicky. Mark is married. Yes, my wife. You fuck. <laughs> yeah, she was. A, she got a, a certificate of excellence, I believe, it, an achievement of excellence award from TripAdvisor. The 2016 Certificate of Excellence Award she got. Hell yeah! That's and I believe awesome. it's uh, her second or third one in a row. So congratulations going to one. Three feet. Yeah, she's going for she's going for the Jerry Hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! There little, it is. Little callback, Big bang. But uh, the funny thing is, she is uh, she's a sponsor on the show. I play her commercial all the time, and we haven't made dime one yet. <laughs> mm. Anyway. So back to you, Dan. Before I let you go, a couple things I wanted to ask you about. Your first time on stage, your best time on stage, and your worst time on stage. And please tell it in that order. If you could tell everybody those things for us. I actually, uh, when I first started out, I was all one-liners. That was was pretty (laughs) pun-heavy. It was basically five minutes and about 80 jokes to fill that (laughs) fucking time frame. And my first time, I'm actually lucky enough to have it on film because uh, the guy that was running the show filmed everybody's sets. And it was it was the type of first show where uh, you get a couple jokes off that make you feel good enough to actually want to do it again. Yeah. But you also have a few that go so terrible that you're not <laughs> just uh, aimlessly on cloud nine <laughs> being like, oh, I'm a comedian now. <laughs> and uh, I remember... It was a joke I don't do anymore, so I don't mind fucking spilling it on here. But uh, the joke that I opened with that actually worked and had me uh, pretty psyched up for it, it's a terrible joke. But uh, <laughs> it was, um, I found out recently that my grandmother is in the adult film industry. And I think the worst part about it is that I can't think of a way to tell anyone without first admitting I browse elderly porn. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible joke. But... Uh, it's it got a, me that. That is not a terrible <laughs> joke. That is a funny joke. That is funny. That, <laughs> that got me that initial laugh where I was just like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to do great on this. And then my ender of all goddamn things was being like, hey, who came up with the name Carpool Lane and how uninspired were they? <laughs> and then that was the punchline. And, uh, that's what ended my first set. So I got a little, I mean, honestly, I think I got the best of both worlds. I got yeah. enough of a laugh to be like, oh, man, this feels great. But I also got enough of a shot down to be like, oh, you can eat shit just as quickly as you can do well. A guy putting out a lit cigarette in your forehead going, don't quit your day job, kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. And then uh, best gig. Honestly, everybody I know talks badly about, well, not everybody, but a lot of people don't really like doing uh, campground shows. Oh my god! They I tend love to them. be a bit of a weird audience. Yeah. Oh I my god! Them. I uh, two years in, I got uh, this guy Jose Castroneda gave me the opportunity to do a, <laughs> a half hour in front of a campground. I'm two years in. I'm still at this point like mainly fucking one-liners, so I got a notebook on me on stage and everything. But this campground, they're all completely shit-faced and bringing me drinks on stage. <laughs> I I never killed. All right, you can. There's a video of it online. You can hear me a million times during my set, being like, "I have no idea why this is going this well. <laughs> like, I, I have, I have no idea why you guys like me this much. It was amazing. They ended up, uh, I ended up leaving the show. 
meeting a couple different people. These people brought me back to their camper, made me sandwiches, gave me margaritas, and then gave me a ride home. What? So it was uh What the what? <laughs> <laughs> It was one of the most perfect shows. I was making s'mores. Then, I was having cookouts, wieners. It was great. Well, that's the thing is I feel like a lot of campgrounds are just people there uh, kind of like weekending. These people were here for months. Nope. Like they spent their summers at this campground. So they all knew each other really well. They're all very welcoming of comedy. It was perfect. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's a really good story. Oh, my God. Now that you've told us about your first which was really fun, your best, which has made you feel good. Now, please tell us about your worst time on stage. Oh, boy. This actually just uh, got brought up by uh, a pretty funny dude, Eric Taylor, out of Boston. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to, like, name the venue or anything. I got no ill will. But uh, basically, I was doing a, a dive bar in southern New Hampshire that I didn't realize was a dive bar until I got there. And uh, it's an Irish bar. Everyone there is completely shit-faced, really talkative, and has no idea that a comedy show is going on. Okay. So it's, it's a triple threat immediately. <laughs> triple threat. And I see, everyone, I see everyone on stage going to tell their jokes or whatever, and I can tell, like, oh, the audience is yelling out. They're really not listening. So I was hoping to workshop some new stuff, but fuck it, whatever. I'll just do a bunch of one-liners because what else are you going to do to a bunch of drunks? Yeah. And uh, I start going off on my one-liners, and, like, it's working, whatever. The audience is yelling out. I'm going back at them. They're laughing for me going back at them. And all of a sudden, this this one guy just starts coming up to me while, while I'm, I say stage. I'm standing on the floor <laughs> level, but uh, stage area. And he starts coming up to me and is like, I can't tell what he's saying because I have a mic in my hand and I'm speaking, but I can tell that he's being aggressive. And... You know, I'm like a 210-pound dude. I'm not tough, but I'm not about to let some skinny dude, like, walk up during my set. And I go to put my hand on him, and he just gets nose-to-nose -nose with me. Like, puts his face up in my face. <gasps> so now I've had a couple beers in me, so I'm just like, well, fuck this. I'm just going to do my material in his face. <laughs> so I am telling aggressive puns, one-liner puns, in a man's face. Oh my God. <laughs> on stage <laughs> and he is trying to heckle me and interrupt me but the problem is is i'm so close to him that he's actually getting his heckles into the microphone <laughs> so, <laughs> so instantly this guy is doing as much time as i am <laughs> Eventually, I just, you know, I'm like, I got a couple drinks in me. It's like a smaller dude than me. I don't want to fight, but I'm not about, I, I'm convinced at this point I'm about to get swung on, on stage. And the only saving grace in the back of my mind is, man, this is going to make a great story. <laughs> but he backs up a little bit and starts getting into a pretty aggressive stance. And then all of a sudden a bouncer comes over and throws that kid in a headlock kicks him off stage and at this point it's like oh man what a hell of a closer so <laughs> i just say hey i'm down dan gilbert like thank you guys very much i go to get off stage not 20 minutes later i'm outside smoking a cigarette and all of a sudden that dude starts walking towards me from oh, the end of the parking shit. lot and i'm just like all right here we go <laughs> like this is it about to fight somebody outside this stupid bar it's your time. and next thing i know he comes up to me and is just like Oh man, they fucked us up. We had a good thing going. They had no <laughs> idea. They didn't, get, they, they didn't fucking get it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was just like, yeah, you're right, man. They don't get it in there. That's, that's fucked up. Like, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> But that is by far. I mean, it was it was one of the worst shows. But honestly, shows like that where nobody's listening and you just get to hang out with all the comics and you know oh. from the get go it's just a fucking Titanic of a show. Those are. I mean, I don't I don't want to have them every other week. Don't get me wrong, but once in a while you definitely need those to not only ground you, but it's just like this is why I'm here. I'm here to experience stuff like this. You had them. You got it. Here we go. Don't give up on 
Uh, do you know who sings this, by the way? I don't. I've heard it before, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you. in the moonlight. Painted on the stars. We can't change My audience will know it. Don't give up on us, baby. <laughs> right. It's David Soul from Starsky and Hutch. It's correct. That's oh, nice. David's it wasn't a Daniel or Gilbert, so I couldn't get it. It was. <laughs> oh my god! I should have done music. Oh, by the way, I did calculate it, and you lost. <laughs> so, yeah. By the narrowest yeah. of victories, you lost. So you are going to get this. Wrong, sir. Wrong. You get nothing. You lose. <laughs> Good day, sir. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I, actually, one of my guests has not lost in a very long time. They, oh, what an honor. They squeak. <laughs> they, they squeaked by you, though. Because usually my, you know, my listeners either win by overwhelming odds or barely squeak by. But they barely got you on this one. So they had it coming. So you lost, but it's not flawless victory. It's, it's, it's fucking. You won by one. Like if it was I one just love question, the fact that you said you lost about five times in the past two minutes. <laughs> well, they won. Actually, they won. They you did. Di- you di- they won. You didn't lose. They won. Let's let's just let's keep it in our proper fashion. They won. Listen, if I had to lose to anybody, the audience is the <laughs> the best competitor I could have had. They are, and I'll tell you, they're ruthless. And it did get tricky. It got older as it went on because some of them were for me. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them for me. So before we let you go, Dan, tell us what do you got coming up over the next couple of weeks? Any big shows you want to promote? And I put your stuff in the chat, by the way. If you guys want to follow Dan, follow him. He's on Twitter. He's at Dan Ron G. I can't even. It's Dan. <laughs> what Gilbs. is it? Gilbs. Dan Ron Gilbs. Gilbs. Oh, it's that's it. I'm telling you, I need better <laughs> eyes. It's at D-A-N-R-O-N-G-I-L-B-S. It's at Dan Ron Giselle. <laughs> Dan, no, it's Dan Rob Dan Dan Ron Gilbs. Is your middle yeah. name Ronald? Yeah, yeah. Okay. it <laughs> is. Hope so. It's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, somebody said, "Oh, it's not my fault that all the good Twitter names are taken." <laughs> There's so many words in the you English language. You know how language. many other famous Dan Gilberts there are? Really? There is the owner of the Pacers, who's also a billionaire. There is a college <laughs> professor who majors in psychiatric care. Him, him I found. <laughs> him, I found. If you Google Daniel Gilbert, you come up with that professor. I'm like, I don't want to follow this dude. <laughs> He's not the no, dude. No, and not only that, they're taking all my fans. These people, these people <laughs> come out to my shows thinking they're going to get a sweet lecture. Instead, they're getting a bunch of <laughs> shitty one-liner dick jokes. You're they're not the billionaire. You're not a philosopher. You tell, tell us about the Jerry You don't, own, <laughs> you don't own a basketball franchise, you loser. <laughs> So, yes, you can follow him and also friend him on Facebook. He's at Daniel Gilbert. He's the only one. He doesn't look like a professor or he owns a basketball team. So, and it's just, it's, it's a weird thing when you type in Facebook because it's like Daniel Gilbert 52789, whatever. But you'll see him. Yeah, He's a comic. Yeah. And, if you, and if one of his friends is me, that's the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> so so you can follow him that way uh, but tell the listening audience what do you got coming up over the next couple of weeks any big shows something you want to promote so uh, this coming Friday out in uh, Bridgewater Vermont at the Woolen Mill Comedy Club I'm going to be featuring for my good buddy Josh Day nice. he's, uh, he's a good dude in the Boston community been up and coming and then uh, I guess later in the month I got a I got a three three day run coming up we're our June 15th I'll be at Shaskeen in Manchester, New Hampshire. June 16th, I'll be at Lincoln's Laugh Shack in Portland, Maine. And June 17th, I'll be at the Main Street Museum in White River Junction, Vermont. Nice. So if you guys are in that area, go oh, and yeah. see him. And, and again, follow him in Twitter. You put your dates on Twitter? Do you do, you do that? No, I got to get better at the Twitter thing. I'm terrible about updating it. <laughs> I only put stuff on Twitter because it pops up from Facebook. I just... I can't, I can't, I can't double up. I just can't double up. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. 
I get like three Facebook pages to maintain. I'm like, that's too much. I'm losing shit too much. I just lose too much shit. So, but I'll tell you what, Dan, a couple things, stay on the Skype and then we'll do a cut little promo in about five minutes. So just act like I'm going to let you go and just stay on the phone. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Thank you very much All for right. having me. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I haven't done Appreciate it. We're going to do it like, like, cause it's, it's, even though it's live, I cut it together. So it sounds fucking brilliant. It really does. Oh, you said act like, act like I'm letting go, so I acted like a fucking shitty girlfriend. No, <laughs> ready? Here we go. So, Dan, thanks so much for being a part of the show. Really appreciate it. Hey, everybody, Dan Gilbert. Hey, man, thanks for being really, really funny show, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me, and uh, thank you so much for putting on the Salem Comedy Fest. It was a hell of a time. Yeah, and I think next year we're going to offer everybody who played before to come back, and you are definitely in that short list, my friend. Hell yeah, I'd love to be a part of it. Thank you. All right, and if, uh, hopefully we'll see each other around the playground. For sure. All right, man, I'll talk to you soon. All right, Bye, buddy. All right, that was Dan Gilbert, everybody. Oh, I just ran out of sound. Coincidentally, at the same time, which is perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is a show. It's been a fun show. Fuck, how fucking funny is he? Fucking... I still love the Jerry Hattrick. I fucking love that fucking bit. I'm never... I, I wish... You know, it's so funny. I want to steal it. It's so fucking funny. It is. I'm just... Maybe I will. I don't know. I'll think about it. <laughs> No, I, I won't fucking do it. That's not going to happen. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me before I let you guys go, let me tell you where I'm going to be. This weekend, Memorial Day weekend, I have got a very quiet weekend. Friday night, I'll be at the Tupelo Music Hall in Londonary, New Hampshire. And then Saturday, I have a yard sale. I'm going to do a nice little yard sale. That's how fun my life is. And Sunday, I will be at Oscar's Pinata. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's Oscar's Pinata or Oscar Pinatas. I don't know if it's plural or singular. Nobody knows. As always, if you want to be a guest on the show, email radioirregardless at gmail.com. Call the hotline, 978-219-9294. Now, next week I'm going to L.A., so I might do a show from L.A. June 1st. If not, we'll be back on June 15th with Bob Keen, everybody's pal, comedian, photographer. Guys, it's been a great show. We'll see you soon. This has been Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia, your non-standard blend of irrespective listening and regardless enjoying. Radio Irregardless was written, directed, and produced by Mark Scalia and broadcast live via Mixler.com. I'd like to thank my on-air guests as well as all the online listeners for their comments. The Radio Irregardless theme, If Only I Had a Pen, was written and composed by Derek Dupuis. All music and audio clips used, property of their respective copyright owners. All material and content, property of MS Enterprises and copyrighted 2016. All rights reserved. Listen to previously aired episodes of Radio Irregardless by downloading from iTunes. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello. First I want to pray.